0: Hello and welcome to the Solve to Evolve podcast. And the purpose of this podcast is to share our knowledge and insight to help individuals and business owners learn and grow. Hello listeners and welcome to the final episode of the Solve to Evolve podcast series. Um, guys, it's, it's been fun so far. Uh, Chris, i fellow solver on my right and I've got Jono as well, fellow solver on my left. So this episode really is just to cover problems A lot of problems so a lot of taxpayers will experience uh, different types of problems but let's dive into Chris your your um, sort of client group at the moment so high net worth individuals what are the main pain points that they experience or issues that they have to deal with in terms of the tax law
1: probably the most important thing that my client base kind of needs to understand is the tax privilege status of the main residence. To truly Mm. understand it, you have to know the tax law around it. It's not just federal law. There's also state rules that are very important when it comes to owning your own home. Mm. The reason why I'd say that this is a pain point is because many higher income, particularly younger clients, don't understand how powerful the main residence is as an investment from a tax perspective, Mm. to summarise its power in Sydney, it has been said before, whether rightly or wrongly, that when you buy a house, you're set for life. Now, I don't agree with that, but it is on the correct path. So if you have a younger person who is a high-income earner, paying 47% at this point in time, they might be lulled into thinking that it's smarter for them to rent vest so they can move around. They might be lulled into thinking that moving to a low-tax jurisdiction is the smartest financial move for them to make, or they might not think about it at all, and simply say to themselves, "I want to live in a particular location, and I'm happy to pay two, three, four, thousand dollars a week in rent because I can afford it now." Mm. So it's very important to explain to those clients that over the longer term, the main residence is a very important tax efficient investment for you to make, perhaps the most important that you will ever make. The second thing that I think is probably a tax pain point for a lot of higher income people is spending the time to get a basic understanding of how franking credits work in this country. It's not a lack of intellectual capacity for most high income earners. We're dealing with people who are generally senior professionals who make more money than they need to live on. Just because you're really good at a particular surgery, that doesn't mean that you're going to have an understanding of how to invest the proceeds from that activity. In fact, It's often the opposite. If you are really good at something and making a lot of money from it, let's say you're Ronaldo. yeah, You're at the soccer field all the time. You're at the gym all the time. You're thinking nutrition all the time. You're not focusing on the imputation system. Why would you? Why would you care? Well, if Ronaldo was an Australian, he should care. It's not just... For the Rinaldos of the world, there's a lot of people out there who lack the time to get a basic understanding of how the imputation system works and how they can use it to their benefit, either personally or through their super fund, not just for themselves, but for their whole family group. So I would say that imputation is the second point.
2: And And when when you say imputation system, that means franking credits. That's all that means, right? Correct yep yep that makes sense
0: makes sense and and Jono um you know moving on from individuals now to business owners especially SME business owners what are the common problems they face that you see that they need to invest a bit of time understanding and to get a handle of
2: yeah sure I'll mention two which I think are the biggest problems for SME business owners because I've come across them time and time again. The first one is tax payments. So what happens when when you're an employee, your employer, whatever company you work for or business you work for, pays the tax on your behalf. You don't have to think about it until you lodge your tax return at the end of the year with your accountant. When you become a business owner, typically what happens is you will be paying tax after you lodge your tax return above a certain threshold. So the threshold currently is is only $1,000. Once you pay more than $1,000 in, in tax on your return, the ATO is automatically going to put you into the quarterly tax payment system. Mm. So you can see that as a good or bad thing. But generally what I've seen happen time and again is clients are not prepared for it they're not prepared to have to fund their tax payment each quarter rather than once a year so that's what happens and those can stack up so in the the first or second year of running your business you might have a large profit for that year um, and you'll have lodged your tax return for the last year so you've just paid the tax for last year and then the ATO goes, great, we'll put you in the quarterly payment system. And then you get the first quarter shortly thereafter. So that's, that's generally a quarter of what the tax was last year, you know, give mm. or take some calculations. So you're going to have to start funding those. And I've also seen it happen, unfortunately, with clients. They don't get the notice to pay. It goes automatically to their MyGov account mm. or gets lost um in the ether and or they don't read it or they don't read it you know they're busy they're focused on the business that can happen where they miss that notice and Mm. then a few of those payments stack up all of a sudden you've got overdue payments with the ato so this usually happens within within the first three years of business and that's why if you can survive those first three years you're going to do well
1: so sorry Johnny can you just explain what a PAYG variation is and do you have to be a business owner to benefit from it or could an employee for example benefit from a PAYG variation also Mm.
2: Yeah. so you don't need to be a business owner to vary your quarterly payment amounts you can be an individual either just on a salary and wage uh, maybe you might be an investor and you have other income, which means that you need to, um, firstly, you'll be in the quarterly payment system. And secondly, there might be reasons why you want to, to change that up. Maybe you have a negatively geared property, in which case you can improve your cash flow by claiming some of those deductions through the quarterly system. So there's a benefit to doing that. And there's also different ways to calculate it. So the ATO will generally give you, they'll give you an amount which is based on your prior year tax or they'll give you an a rate. So you can take that rate and apply it to your actual income for that quarter to work out your tax payment. So there's multiple ways you can, you can dice it.
1: Yeah. What else would you say is another key issue that, Kind of a, a bit of a pain point or a misunderstood point of tax planning for your kind of client base?
2: Yeah, the other massive one that I see all the time is Division 7A. So again, Division 7A is where you're taking money over and above um, what you've put into the company. So essentially, you're owing some money to the company as a loan or You might be using a company asset for your personal use or you're taking other payments that that you haven't paid as a dividend so that's one that basically I see with almost every privately owned small to medium business and that that needs to be managed throughout the year ideally because if I'm looking at it quarterly Monthly, maybe I'm working with a business advisor like Phil. I can see that balance building up, and I can start telling the client, "You need to think about either repaying this before the year end. You need to think about either treating that as a as a commercial loan and having a loan agreement and starting to make your repayments on that, um, or think about your dividends." Again, that's going to come back to your what your franking account balance looks like, whether you can fund the dividend, and so on.
0: Yeah, with all these issues, I think it it, it once again boils down to planning and, and cash flow. Um, and I guess that's
1: a good lead-in to what would you say is your key issue for discussions with business owner operators that are in your client base.
0: Yeah, there's 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 a lot of Issues that they commonly deal with, but I think the, the biggest one that I'll focus on is is uh, planning. And I've said this before, you know, businesses plan to fail because they fail to plan. Um, you know, what 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 is the plan? Right? What what should be in a business plan? I think ultimately you got to, business owners will dive into business uh, business head first with their idea. They'll run. They'll work quite hard. Get to a point. They'll see some money flowing in. They'll see success they'll think success. But because you're in that sort of tunnel vision and operation, um, you forget about everything else. Mm. Right. So then you gotta decide at that point, are you a mum and dad company that just, that you're just happy to chug along the way you are, or are you looking to commercialise this operation? And if you to grow to, it. That's right. Mm. And so if you're looking to grow and commercialise, then you need a plan in place. So um, you know, the, the first thing is setting those goals. Once you have those goals in place, you then go in and dive into the numbers and set a financial budget. So that 12-month budget will tell you roughly you know, how much money you're going to bring in and how much money is going to go out to know and understand how much money there is left for you to reinvest into the business to grow. Um, what we do in that plan as well is, besides setting the goals and then doing the financial budget, by 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 doing this plan you're going to really understand how your business operates and what i mean by that is doing the financial budget you're going to work on the revenue model of your business so how do you mm-hmm. actually earn money and and when you see how you earn money then you look at okay is this the right customer i should be servicing or is this the right way i should be earning this money you know how much value can i get from earning this money, uh, you know, this income from this particular service or product. Is there a better way to earn this revenue? Uh, and so you do a deep dive into the revenue model and really understand how that business generates money. Once you can do that, you you understand then. and and you can then budget for the rest of the operation, that is how much to spend on staff. And those insights to a client are like priceless, right? Yes, that's right, and as you grow another insight that they should be looking into their plan is how to attract and then retain quality clients or uh, customers, but also employees. So why is retention of people so important? Yeah, so it's, a, it's something that people don't really consider. They, when, you look at, when business owners look at their numbers, they will see the expenses that are going out. But what's not factored in that profit and loss statement is the time, All right, Time's a big thing. So your employees, your good employees, you will spend anywhere between you know uh, three to six months, maybe a little bit longer to train them up or continuous training really. So there's a lot of time that you as a business owner put into that particular staff member to be able to be an extension of yourself in your business. Um, if they leave, you think about the time now that it takes to replace that person to, to that certain level that they were. You know, it will take a few months to right. find the appropriate person. It will take time to then retrain that person. And but, it costs money. And it costs money on mm. top of that. So that all just compounds. Mm. And you know, that's, a, I guess, a lagging indicator of a business to, that you don't really see. Right, so if you're able to, I guess something to counter that is if you're able to have the right uh, systems and processes and, and perhaps, you know, policies in place for the staff to, uh, and systems to for the staff to lean on um, and automation in place, then it does take a bit of or saves a bit of time for the business owner in terms of the training, but you can't really replace good staff that you've invested two years, for example, in where they're doing a lot of the work for you um, and they've got skin in the game. So they're just, they're not really working for you anymore. They're, they're a partner to you. They're working for themselves and their family. Sure. And so it's really important um, to, to ensure you've got that retention policy and you've actually sat there and, and you know, thought about that. Because um, what what doesn't get shown on the P&L is the, the time lost. And for us business owners, our time is quite valuable. Um, so is everyone mm. else. And, you know, you can't. You can't put a price on that, really. All right, folks, that's that's our last episode, and and thank you for listening and joining in on us today. But before we go, Chris and John, I just wanted to ask a couple of questions to leave the listeners with. What was the what was the favourite part about doing this podcast? I think spending time documenting key thoughts
1: for a permanent record, so that our clients can get an insight into who we are and how we think yeah. was really valuable. And I really quite enjoyed it. Yeah,
2: you, yeah. Might, you might hear more from so, us, right? Tell me <laughs> yourself, Johnny. Yeah, it was, it was good fun. Um, it's always good to try and synthesize what we know and, and put it out in a way that people can understand and maybe we can generate some discussions from that as well.
0: Yeah, I agree, I agree with you guys. I think the the, the the my most favorite part of this is just um, being able to help our listeners, our, our client base understand one, who we are, what we do, um, the origins of of us, uh, but to also, you know, we live in a world of digital um, and information, right? So it's um, just sharing our knowledge and, and what we know uh, outside of client meetings. But um, look, that, that's all we have time for today. Thank you very much for listening. and. We'll see you next time. If you liked or or loved what you heard from us today and want to get in contact with us, please email us at podcast at solveaccounting.com.au or head to our website and fill in the contact form. Thank you and see you next time.